Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hey there, welcome to another College Investor Audio Show. Really good one today, as we just kind of talk about 529 plans. What are they? And where can you open one in your state? Let's get right to it. So, you know, with the cost of college constantly on the rise, simply putting money away in a savings account for a child's educational future might not be enough anymore. Setting up and contributing to something called a 529, which is a taxed, tax-advantaged savings plan for educational costs, is one of the best ways to start saving early and then maximize those savings. And you don't have to be a parent to take advantage of a 529 plan. Anyone, grandparents, aunts, uncles, godparents, friends, can establish a 529 to invest in the educational future of a child that they care about. That's what's really cool about it. There are two different kinds of 529s available in the United States. Education savings plans and prepaid tuition plans. Education savings plans are much more common, and they're usually what people are referring to when they talk about 529s. But today, we will talk you through each form. Within each kind of plan, however, there are different investment options, minimum contributions, fees, and restrictions on fund usage. So making a decision can feel a little bit overwhelming, especially when college is years away. But as long as you know your financial goals and the options that matter most to you, <laughs> there are excellent tools available to help you compare those plans and then just make the best choice for you and also the people you care about. Education savings plans versus prepaid tuition plans. So an edu education savings plan is an investment account sponsored by a state government that allows you to save money for a beneficiary's future education costs. Its funds can be used to pay for anything that are qualified educational expenses, like tuition, fees, room, and board. And its earnings are not subject to federal tax. Bingo. Most of the time, though, people use these plans to save and pay for post-secondary education in the United States, but they can also be used in a more limited fashion to pay for things like public, private, and religious education on the elementary and even secondary levels. Since these are investment funds, they do benefit from having plenty of time to grow. Prepaid tuition plans, though, are a much less common form of 529. Rather than growing contributions through investment, these plans allow you to prepay tuition at some public and private colleges and universities. With most plans, contributors purchase credits or tuition certificates at current rates, and then beneficiaries can then redeem them for equivalent credits or tuition in the future, no matter how much the cost of tuition per credit has gone up. Since these funds do not need time to grow and can only be used at specific institutions, they can work well for beneficiaries who are already nearing college, for example. So let's talk about contributing to an education savings plan for a little bit. Education savings plans are very flexible investments. You know, most people think about this kind of 529 as an investment made by parents in the educational future of their child. While that's the most common configuration, really anyone can set up an education savings plan and designate anyone as the beneficiary. It can be a niece or nephew, a friend's child, or even yourself. <laughs> as long as the beneficiary is a U.S. citizen or resident alien. 
You can contribute to multiple plans too, and one beneficiary can be the recipient of funds from multiple contributors. Pretty cool. Moreover, though these plans are sponsored by state governments, you don't usually have to be a resident to invest in a given state plan. Uh, each available plan offers a range of investment options too. Usually something like mutual funds and exchange traded funds, ETFs, with one of two approaches. The age-based approach shifts the mix of assets so that it becomes a little bit less risky as the beneficiary approaches college age, much like target-based funds do with retirement accounts. A static fund will remain the same profile throughout the life of the investment. Many state plans also offer money market accounts in principal-protected bank products. Fees and restrictions. Let's talk about those. Um, these plans usually have some restrictions on contributions. Most plans have minimums for initial and subsequent contributions, though these limits are often quite low. Most plans also have a maximum contribution limit, and that limit is not based on how much a given contributor has put into a plan, but on how much has been contributed to all plans with the same designated beneficiary in that state. One solution is to open additional plans in other states. Haha! Individual yearly contributions over 14 grand may trigger the gift tax though it's unlikely to be a problem for most investors. Education savings plans also have a number of one-time and recurring fees, which vary from plan to plan, just as investment options and contribution limits do. In general, though, plans will charge a fee for the initial enrollment, as well as ongoing or maybe an annual fee for account maintenance, asset management, and program management. So just keep that in mind. So how do you use these funds then? The funds from an educational savings plan can really be withdrawn at any time. There are no limits for yearly withdrawals to pay for post-secondary education, though you can only withdraw $10,000 per year for elementary or secondary education. There's also no requirement that beneficiaries begin withdrawal of funds by a certain age. So there's really no need to worry if your designated beneficiary chooses to wait a while before heading to college. It also just gives the funds more time to grow, too. As long as the funds from these plans are used to pay for qualified educational expenses, they're not subject to federal tax. Qualified educational expenses include tuition, mandatory fees, books, supplies, and equipment, plus room and board for students attending half-time or more. This means that even if a beneficiary receives significant scholarships, the education savings plan can be used to pay for many things that scholarships often don't cover. Moreover, leftover funds can be rolled into the plans of new beneficiaries, such as younger siblings or even into a 529 ABLE account, which is a savings plan for Americans with disabilities. These are important options to remember, as any funds withdrawn that are not used on qualified educational expenses are subject to taxes on the plan's earnings and an additional 10% penalty. Yikes! So let's talk about contributing to the other option, a prepaid tuition plan. Okay, so prepaid tuition plans are offered by a number of states as well as a consortium of nearly 300 private colleges. Unlike education savings plans, which cover a range of educational expenses, 
These plans can only be used to cover tuition at colleges and universities. State-based prepaid tuition plans can only be used to pay for institutions within that state. In some states, your contributions pay tuition directly, while in others, you're purchasing units equivalent to a certain percentage of yearly tuition. Private College 529, the only prepaid tuition plan, does not lock the beneficiary into a particular institution or set of institutions. So yeah, just keep that in mind. It actually turns contributed funds into tuition certificates that can be redeemed at any of the participating colleges. That's nice to know. How much tuition each of those certificates will pay for in the future, however, depends on the current tuition rate at each of the participating schools. 10000 bucks in tuition certificates purchased now may later be worth half a year at one institution, but only a third of the year at another. In both cases, the value of your contribution increases as tuition costs rise. But just as with education savings plans, those quote-unquote earnings are not subject to federal tax. Fees and restrictions. Of course, there are some of those. Since these plans are not investment accounts, they have much lower associated fees, though. Usually just an enrollment fee is all you need to pay. So let's talk about using these funds in a prepaid tuition plan. In general, state-based prepaid tuition plans only allow you to use the funds for tuition, not room and board, books, or other fees. The private college 529 tuition certificates can be used to cover tuition and mandatory fees. With state-based plans, the funds can only be used to pay for tuition at that state's institutions. But that doesn't mean the beneficiary is restricted to, like, one school. You know, most of these plans allow you to use your prepaid tuition at any of the state's public institutions. And some plans, like Massachusetts U-Plan, even include some private colleges and universities. Only four states, Mississippi, Massachusetts, Florida, and Washington, currently provide a full faith guarantee on the funds in their plans. Others only guarantee the funds that are currently in the plan, and some provide no guarantees at all. Given the frequency of state budget shortfalls, uh, beneficiaries of state-based plans might have trouble redeeming their tuition as planned. Hmm. Beneficiaries of private college 529 plans can use their tuition certificates at any of the participating institutions. Uh, but again, given the disparity in tuition rates across those institutions, the funds in the plan may go much further at some colleges than others. Much like the penalty you pay for using education savings plan funds for non-qualified uses, you'll often lose some of your money if you want to use prepaid tuition funds at another set of institutions. But the penalties vary from plan to plan. Private college 529 funds can be switched to a new beneficiary or rolled over into a state-based 529 or directly refunded. If the refunded money is not used for qualified educational expenses, however, it is subject to the same taxes and 10% penalty as education savings plan funds. So let's talk about selecting and setting up one of these 529 plans. 
As you can see, education savings plans and prepaid tuition plans are very different, so you should consider your needs and the needs and goals of your beneficiary when choosing which approach to take. Beyond this most basic choice, however, there are many options, especially since there are rarely residency restrictions for state-based plans. As a result, it's really worth it to compare plans. The most important things to consider are the investment approaches offered, the fees and expenses required, and the minimal initial and recurring contributions. Some plans will even waive or reduce fees if you enroll in an automatic contribution plan, including one that deducts directly from your paycheck or maintain a high balance. So it helps to shop around a little bit. Moreover, while residency may not be required to join most state-based plans, many will exempt residents from state taxes on earnings, waive some fees for residents, or allow you to deduct a portion of your contributions from your state income tax. Some states offer matching grants to lower and middle-income residents, and Rhode Island even provides seed money for a 529 to every baby born in the state. Ah! <laughs> All that being said, the recurring fees for your state's plan may be so high, they actually wipe out any residency benefits. So <laughs> it's important to compare very carefully. Let's talk about where you can start. Thankfully, there are a few tools to help you make an informed decision. You can check out a map that we have at thecollegeinvestor.com to select your state to find the right 529 plan for you. And then when you've chosen your plan, there's just one remaining question. How do you set this thing up? 529s can be purchased directly from the state or organization that sponsors the plan or just set up through a broker. Purchasing through a broker, though, will incur additional fees. However, so in most cases, it makes sense to set up your plan directly. With all of these options and a good, you know, a few good tools to help you sort through them, there's bound to be a 529 plan that works for you. And remember this, just as it's never too early to start investing in a child's education, it's never too late either. That's all we have for today. I hope you found that extremely helpful or even a little bit helpful. That, that just means we've done our job. <laughs> if you have any questions at all and you want to see that map to check your state and all the tools and, and all of the different resources we have, it's all at thecollegeinvestor.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll talk to you again real soon.